Hello, this is Dave Wright at FF underscore Spaceman, and you are listening to the Dynasty Hot Seat. Yes, hello everybody and welcome back once again to the Dynasty Hot Seat. It's the only Dynasty show out there that's a certified inferno. And today we're super lucky. We've got Dave right over here joining us today. You can find him on Twitter at FF underscore Spaceman. He's one of the best writers around for DLF. He's got his very own podcast as well, the Tale of Two Rivals podcast. He has an incredible wealth of spreadsheet bliss over at his, at his Patreon. And, you know, he's doing some, some exciting things for, for charity coming up too. Um, so Dave, thank you so much for, for coming on and, you know, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Connor, it's awesome. I'm, I'm pumped to be here. I'm ready to bring the fire. And yeah, some of the things you're talking about as far as charity, we've got the Scott Fishbowl Potathon is starting to fire up here. It's coming up in July. And last year we raised well over $20,000. So we're hoping wow. to, to beat that again. Uh, so we're, we're really looking forward to raising money for charity for the Scott Fishbowl. Money goes to different charities for that. And that's a 24-hour potathon. Scott Fishbowl, it's a great networking charity, probably the biggest charity tournament uh, in the world, probably, I would say. Uh, let's just say it now. We're on the hot seat. Might as well just get hot, right? Yeah, and yeah. I love it. And then also too, you can check, you can, if you also are looking to get involved in charity, you can also hit me up for a personalized uh, podcast for your dynasty league for a uh, donation to charity. So yeah, definitely. It's starting to get charity season. You know, uh, you've reaped all the rewards from in season. You've gotten all your, you've, you know, you've gotten all your winnings. It's time to put some of that back, you know, into charity. So this is what, this is what it's all about. I absolutely love it. Yeah, you're right. Scott Fishbowl, obviously just has done so, so much and just continues to grow and, and get bigger every single year and all that money going to, to a great cause. So, you know, just, you know, thank you for, for helping out, you know, raise so much money. That, that's amazing. I'm, a, I'm, I'm behind the scenes here. So it's mostly Sal Lido and everyone on the scenes here, but I'm, I'm the, uh, the fundraising guy. I slide in your DMS and that's, that's so <laughs> everyone look at, I'll probably be sliding everyone's DMS here. Who's listening. So get ready for it at some point. Love it. Love it. Um, and so let's give all of those listeners right now, a chance to hear, you know, some of your your hints and and your tips for for dynasty players, you know, old and new or or anything in between. What what you got for us? Sweet. So I, I just it was actually kind of tough to whittle it down here because I'd start on one hint and then I'd want to get into uh, go off on a tangent here. But we'll start with uh, one of my favorite, my bread and butter here is know the dynasty calendar. A player and pick values change depending on where it is in the season, off season, where you are. And you have to understand how those values ebb and flow. And it's like, it literally is like clockwork and how, how those things work every single year, year after year, people can fall into traps of not selling players or trading for players at the right time or cutting bait just because of where they're in the calendar. So, you know, you got to maximize that value. And so the first thing is a couple of just to, what do I mean by this? Well, veterans are always cheapest at the trade deadline and in January, and then during, like during through rookie drafts, that's when veterans are at their cheapest. So if you're looking now is 
not the time to be maximizing your value for DeAndre Hopkins. That is, no, don't do it right now. That's not the time to be trading your, your veteran, your expiring assets. You want to, they're, they're going to start to get a tip tick back up in July and August once the redraft season starts. So that's when people want to start thinking about their lineups. That's when you start making your moves with your veterans or in season, if you want to be maximizing that value. And then rookie pick values, so we could just go right on to the next thing. Those values, they peak during rookie drafts and they're the easiest to acquire the first month of dynasty season, but then they tick back up, like their value goes up in the trade season when people are trying to start rebuilding for next year, those picks go up. And then as you get closer to the rookie drafts, that they're, they're, they start to skyrocket. So you don't want to be, you, now it's too late to be going getting rookie, those rookie picks. You should have been getting them yeah. in, you know, previous years, previous, you know, when they're cheaper. And then that kind of piggybacks my next thing, just of like how rookies, and and first year or second going their second year those young players they gain value in the beginning of the offseason especially rookies starting in january they're at their cheapest and then they start to gain value so people make their dynasty rankings or you see consensus adp over at dlf for keep trade cut or wherever you player profile you see these rookies consistently year after year or in your if you're into best ball i know this is dynasty hot seat but if you're into best ball yeah consistently rookies will go up in value as the as the season continues so get in early don't and you know what you're gonna and people are afraid they're gonna miss that's the problem they're gonna miss don't be afraid about missing because that that value gain if you were in on Brees hall when he was the rb11 rb12 or before the combine you know people are having startups with rookies in those drafts and you you take him as the rb12 rb13 well now he's considered a top five art dynasty rb and you've already gained yeah. value before the even in the nfl so and just uh Oh, another great time. Another, as far as knowing the dynasty calendar, no, uh, in G- in October, that's when there's a rookie dip. Remember AJ Brown? He was, people were, yeah. he was to be had for two second round picks and a, and a, and a wide receiver. Like he was, he disappointed early on and I got him everywhere because like the teams I wasn't able to get him in the second round of dynasty drafts, you could get him in the first month of the season because people were disappointed. So you can definitely go shopping for your rookies early in October. And then, yeah, I think that's it. I, I could go, keep going on and on, but then I guess the last thing, middle tier RBs, they become hard to move uh, once February, January, and February come, those middle tier RBs, because people don't know about their volume. People are worried about rookies coming in, free agents. So you don't want to be paying high right to be in the off season because that value is going to dip. So that's kind of my first overall piece of advice. That was a big one, but just know your dynasty calendar. Yeah, absolutely love that. You know, just, yeah, being where I think I was just talking about it with, with Kev, over at, uh, he founded the wildcard, fantasy wildcard podcast. I know you've been on, on there before. And he was sort of saying a similar thing, like those picks, like even though, you know, it doesn't, you know, picks don't have form or they don't like have good games and bad games, but the value changes so much even though it's just like a number. So it's just paying attention to when is it at that peak and when is it at that trough and, and being able to move or, or gain them at the, at the right time. So I think those little intangibles really do make a huge difference whenever it comes time to, to draft teams and, and to pick your new rookies. I think that's great advice, knowing, knowing the calendar. And, and you're right, it does work, you know, just like clockwork sometimes. You know, after the draft happens, the NFL draft, things are going to take another step up as well you can bet with with these rookie picks so i love that for a first tip and what what do you got for us for your second tip 
So this is an idea that I've been thinking about for a while and I actually spent a lot of time on it. I'm, it's not a fully formed idea yet, but I, I just felt like this was a good time to really broach it. And we are really bad at calculating risk in fantasy football. Risk is a very complicated thing. Uh, often not understanding risk and, mis- and misjudging risk and not appropriately assessing it. That led to you know the, the movie, The Big Short. That was basically what, yeah. what caused the housing crisis back in 2000, 2000, 2007, 2008, is that people thought, oh no, house, houses are the most stable, like you know those house 30-year loans, those are some of the most stable prices in the economy, the, like assets in the economy. They're too safe. They're too safe to fail. And then what would happen? You, the miscalculation brought down the entire economy, across the, the global economy. So mm. understanding risk is key. And often you hear players too risky and it's risk is one of the more popular words you hear nowadays when you're listening to analysis on, on players in particular. And I think too often risk is associated with what we don't know in fantasy football or what is unknown. And I think that's not the way to look at it. Uh, we don't know, you know, I hear, we don't know what this volume is going to be. He's young. He hasn't done it before. We don't know where he is in his rehab yet. And, uh, you know, player X hasn't been named the starter yet. All, all these things we always hear. And they, though, that's risk. And I'm mm. actually going to say that's actually a time that I'm going to disagree there because one of the biggest mistakes people make, we just don't know as much as we think we do. Uh, the things I know the most about is what I don't know, actually. That's, I think, a really <laughs> piece of advice. People want to tell you all the time on social media and on podcasts, they know this, they know that. I think it's more, I always want to hear about what don't we know? Because that's where you can, t- that's where value can be had. When in that uncertainty, uncertain backfields, uh, trades, people are worried about a player, you know, injuries. Travis Etienne, let, let's, for example, Cam Akers versus, versus Travis Etienne. Cam Akers was, people were, sky, oh, he's already back on the field and his value was going way up. It was skyrocketing. And then it's kind of taken a tumble because he didn't like perform as well in the playoffs, which I think is, is expected g- given his injury. But then people and or even J.K. Dobbins, people are really excited about J.K. They have him really high. He's a top probably eight dynasty running back right now. But then you weren't hearing the same buzz for Travis Etienne, As, and they're like, "Oh, well, we, we haven't heard any updates on his injury yet." I'm like, "Well, it's been almost it's been a full year almost. So why aren't we like you're really gonna pl- just be uncertain? No, take advantage. It's not risky. It's got like that's not risky. It's just not. It's just unknown. So mm. and safe and fancy football is a little bit of a misnomer because. We, we always talk about players like, you know, oh, he's safe. He's going to have a ton of, of opportunity. You know, there's going to be tons of targets there. There's, a t- you know, vacated targets. That's when those kind of things are drive safety are driving the conversation. I think that's a red flag because we should be letting talent and, mm. you know, opportunity is king, but letting talent really drive these conversations because talent rises to the top and those things. So what's, what's the takeaway from this is, yeah, we don't know things about young players. You know, they, haven't done it yet but we do know about historical hit rates we know about player archetypes of the importance of rushing with quarterbacks about receiving upside with running backs and and then you know special teams ability really is a good signal for late rookie pit like to find value for wide receiver in rookie drafts so instead of looking at like what we don't know and then calling that risky i think you should look at more of like the cost the range of likely outcomes things we do know and trying to make smart best to get that ROI. And Trey Lance is one of those players I'm doing right now, Travis Etienne, uh, and then rookies, of course, and then second year wide receivers, young second year wide receivers. Those are always great investments. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I think it's not risk. People want to talk about risk. They think it's more risk aversion. Think more of his risk management because mm. every, there is no such thing as floor. Every player's floor is zero. So I'm yeah. really passionate about this. So sorry to get like a little, yeah. I'm bringing the heat for the hot seat, but Love it. it's not about risk management. It's not about risk aversion. It's risk management because there's risk with every single player. Yeah. I think that is really, really, that's really like, I find that, you know, just really fascinating to listen to. Like, just thinking like everyone is kind of steering into, yeah, I know this. And, I, and it's amazing sometimes how, like even something like you just mentioned, like uh, J.K. Dobbins, like J.K. Dobbins posts something on social media of him like running through some cones and everyone's like, oh, he's back. Like he's going to absolutely like dominate. And it's like, but he's like, he's just running through some cones. Like how, how could you take all of that from a short, like 30 second video? Whereas, you know, Travis Etienne's maybe been a bit quieter. So people are more, he hasn't posted something on social media. So people are like, oh, I'm not sure. And, and, and the thing is, is they both have the same amount of injury re- recovery time, if you think about it. So I think mm-hmm. their bet, sh- those, the, dico- the, the delta, the chain, like the, the distance between the values of those two players, I don't understand. I know we've seen J.K. Dobbins in the NFL, but you know, tra- tra- Travis Etienne was, could have been argued if he had come out the same year as J.K. Dobbins was a better prospect than J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think those are kind of moves to think of. Don't think about it as what we don't know and risk, but what, uh, you know, the range of outcomes and how much it costs to actually make this, you know, it's opportunity costs. That's what we want to carry. Yeah. And then what that, that payoff is going to be. I love it. That is brilliant, brilliant advice. Just take a more like holistic view of each, of each player, like looking at everything. I think it's brilliant. Um, you got one more for us, Steve? I do. And I, I felt like I came a little, like a little bit, that was a hot one there with the risk because people, you know, everyone's like, oh, you want to be, you know, don't, the risk is a big, people want to talk about safety all the time, mm. making the, you know, the smart play. So I want to tone it down a little bit in here and say, I think you know, as the hot seat, you know, you're going to have a wide range of, of listeners, people who are experienced dynasty managers. And then also people who are just getting into dynasty. Yeah. I think for everyone, your goal should be to become more self-sufficient in your fantasy analysis. Don't just rely on other people and their advice to tell you what to do. You know, you, I, we all have people that we trust and we respect. Yeah. And, we, you know, there were JJ Zacharyson, you know, Ryan McDowell, there's Scottfish, yeah. there's, there's Titans in the fantasy industry. And of course, you want to take their advice and they're really smart and they're really good at what they do. But we don't want to be parroting everything they're saying because mm. this is our teams. You know, this, this is our teams and you don't want to have an instinct and then just follow what someone else is saying. And what you were believing to pay off, like it was actually the right choice. So I think where we're getting your information from, I think everyone should be looking for their information from places that teach you what they're, they're talking about. I, I don't want to listen to a podcast or read an article where people, someone's just telling me what to do mm. because I want to be, I want to see like, Hey, I want to see how the sauce is made, how they're making their, their approach, like how they're making these decisions. And I want to try to see, Oh, I really like that process. I want to adopt it into my, into my process and, the, and, and do it that way. That's more of a, I think, a tribute to people that, you know, JJ Zacharyson, I've taken a lot of his process, Peter Howard. There's tons of people that I've really like a lot of things that they've done. And I try to incorporate into my process. So I think you're going to see a lot of benefits to trying to, and, and a system, like not just a will, go with my gut type of thing, but more of a, a systematic approach to things where you can have that to rely on and, and start just becoming more self-sufficient because I think that's something 
that some of the best advice that I could could be do is like, uh, don't listen to the crowd, always listen to the crowd. Don't always listen to the, the talking heads. You know, you're, it's your team. You're the manager. And yeah, you're going to make mistakes along the way. Trust me, I made a ton of stupid <laughs> decisions, but every wrong decision that I've made has made, has made improvements somewhere else that's helped me in the future. Yeah. So uh, that's obvious and everything, but I think that's just something that I was trying to go with some, some different advice you normally get here. So that's, I tried to, that last one is, you know, try to slide it under there. Something a little bit off the, uh, off the normal path here. Yeah. I really like that one as well. Like I think I was just discussing a few days ago with, with, um, with Murph over at five yard rush. And he kind of said, you know, dynasty isn't like redraft, you know, if re- redraft is like checkers and dynasty is like chess, like you can't, like someone may tell you, I'll go on by this player, but they've not, they've not seen your team. They don't know what capital you have. They don't know, you know, what other players in that same position you have. So you can't just, you know, you're right. Like just listen to the talking heads and say, you need to sell this player. You need to buy this player because, you know, it's a game of chess. They don't know what position you're in everywhere else on the board. So you're right. You have to have your own process to understand it a bit better. My former co-host on Rookie Fever, uh, Fanero, in the opening, he always said, he says it best. Nothing is in a vacuum. So <laughs> one of my favorite lines in fantasy, nothing is in a vacuum. Nothing is in a vacuum. And we're about to, we're about to put you in a little, a flaming vacuum, you might say, actually, because it's time for, for segment two, which is the hottest part of the hot seat. It's the hot seat mock draft. And that's coming right up now. Okay, so here we are. We're back in segment number two. And we are now sitting firmly in the hot seat. Dave, how are you feeling about the seat? Is it getting a bit spicy over there? I'm sweating. I got my tail to rivals mug over here. It's it's about three quarters of the way gone already of, of water. You know, it's it's still only 10 o'clock here in the States. So, but no, I'm I'm sweating. I'm, and then here, this this mock draft, I usually like to take hours grueling over every pick here. Rapid fire, I'm ready for it. Yeah, and I'm so I just dropped a bomb on you as well, saying we don't have rookies in this as well. And you it's just it's all off to a bad start, but we'll you're gonna recover, I'm, I'm sure. I'm in denial, so it hasn't sunk in for me. Right. Well, well, let's let's get rolling. And and the first thing I'm gonna ask you is, you know, in an absolutely ideal world, what position would you would you choose to start from in, in a startup draft? It depends. Honestly, it depends. I don't, it's all about knowing. So that's part of the you know game theory is that you're playing your the people in your league, and you know, you got to play based on what you're given. I was just in a startup right now that I'm in, and I got the 11th spot, and that's not ideal for me because I don't I like I don't like to have that long of a wait in between picks. That that you know 20 picks go off the board in between each you know that last pick. That's mm. really hard to do, but you're moving up and down the board. You're just gonna have to get you're just gonna have to become more flexible with that. So you it's. I, it's out of my comfort zone, but you got to, you got to adjust and make go. Now, if I was going to say my ideal spot would probably be early on in that first tier of quarterbacks in a super flex draft, just because other people value that so highly as well. Yeah. So you can get a lot of trade value, pick up future first round picks, pick up extra draft picks in that sweet spot of the seventh, eighth, ninth round, where you still get a lot of high quality starters mm. and you can also have them gain a lot of value on your roster. So that I think that early on, it, it depends, and also too, what kind of mood I'm in each day. Like sometimes I like to be in the middle, yeah. early back. So I, I got I don't have a great answer for you, but I guess if I had to nail it down, it'd be early on, so I can just trade those picks for more value. Nice. Uh, is that somewhere you're gonna 
select for us here in this draft? You think in position one, two, three? Let's, I guess we'll just say four there. We'll just say four. four. To start. Boom. Let's lock in position number four then, and we'll get this draft rolling. So, position four locked in, and here we go. As you'd imagine, first three off the board. You got Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, all coming off the board. One, two, three. And now, here we are. We got Jonathan Taylor, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson sitting up the top along with the two sort of top-tier wide receivers with Chase and Jefferson. Anyone standing up for you there? I really like going wide receivers because I love building my team around receivers. However, the, the, the benefit of having early like an early pick in a Superflex startup draft is you get to get one of those elite quarterbacks. And actually... My third quarterback has fallen to four here in this draft, Kyler Murray. I know the injuries at the end of the last couple of seasons have really diminished his value, but his combination of rushing or of rushing and passing ability combined with the, they took a step back this year, but even the high paced nature of the Arizona offense allows for more volume. Give me Kyler Murray right here. And I, I know people are kind of down on him too because of the supposed drama of just taking everyone off his social media account. Like, yeah, that doesn't bother me. This is fancy football here. Give me yeah. Kyler Murray. Yeah, he put he put everyone back on as well. So so everything everything's just fine now. I'm sure as well. It's a business, just like this picks a business. This is a business yeah. decision. <laughs> this is a, a business decision. Let's get Kyler Murray locked up as the fourth pick of this draft. Our first player coming off the board, and and you imagine you're Justin Jefferson coming off there. You imagine Jamar Chase won't be. Won't be too far off behind him as he pings off there at pick number 10. And we've got a little bit of a wait before we, we swing back round to us at sort of the back end of, of round number two as, you know, kind of names that you'd expect. Miami's new weapon there, Tyreek Hill. I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm not over it. Um, <laughs> maybe by the start of next year, whenever I'm looking at him in a Dolphins uniform, it might. I might accept it a bit more. Um, so here we go. we got Cooper Cup, Trey Lance, someone you just talked about earlier as well, still there. And, and Kyle Pitts, the, the tight end phenom. So th this, is, this is where it gets tough because this is right where I love to take Brees Hall. Brees Hall is a screaming value. No, I wouldn't say a value right now because after his combine and everything, but oh man, I think he is already a top four back in Dynasty right now. So this is, and he is available at, at this point in the second round and a startup every time. So mm. love targeting Hall, but looking at the players that are available here, I could double tap QB or, or which I actually did my last, I started up my last year. I took Trey Lance here in the second round, but I'm not really looking to do that right here. Just because not because of the uncertainty, but just because I don't, I think if you're starting to, to invest this much assets in a quarterback early on in a super flex draft, where I know what quarterbacks really valuable, but I think that you're going to miss out on other spots here. So Hmm. Can we actually, can you filter out and see what wide receiver, all the wide receivers were available for me? Yeah, of course. So you have Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf and, and Jalen Waddle still there as well. Some other, some other good players like Diggs and, and Higgins. So much quality still there. So I bet, so if I'm going to, and I'm, what I'm going to do here is just because this is kind of just for an exercise, I am going to stick to my rankings here. I'm not going to really move around right here. And so I don't like, and the funny thing is I don't love making this pick here at this value. Actually, we're, no, I'm, we're coming back around, actually. I'm gonna, I actually yeah. am going to wait here, and I'm going to go play some game theory here, and I think he's going to fall to me next. 
Uh, let's see the let's see the tight ends and the running backs, if you don't mind, real quick. So there's the tight ends and the running back. Do you want receivers still on? You got them off. Yeah, sure. Running back. Okay, so yeah, I'm looking here, and I'm not really loving the running backs around the board here. Mm. And then I don't love. Yeah, I don't like Cooper Cup. I like Cooper Cup, but he's older. Like his value is mm. most likely going to continue. I think that was we probably just saw the best season of Cooper Cup's career here. So yeah. I'm and it's not tight end premium. <sighs> Jeez, I'm, I think I am gonna go. Man, on the clock, a lot of hemming and hawing here. So yeah, I'm, I am suffering on the dynasty hot seat as we speak. Happens to the I, best of us, don't worry. I'm going, I am going to go. I'm gonna go. I am gonna go Kyle Pitts here. Kyle Pitts, the the tight end phenom coming out of of Atlanta will get him locked in. And you know, he looked phenomenal in his first year, apart from you know, just just didn't get the touchdown. So you'd think that's surely something that'll start start to creep up as you know, as he gets more used to the NFL and, and the coverage there. And to be honest, I if I'm taking uh Kyle Pitts here. I'm most likely not making it to the season with Kyle Pitts on my squad. Mm. I'm probably going to be end up trading him for more assets because he's one of the most value. Like he's an incredibly hot commodity here. Yeah. Uh, but for this build and where I thought the value was, I think uh, I think Kyle Pitts kind of was a screaming value there. Yeah. And then next here is who I would if if I was locked in and couldn't take a rookie, couldn't you know trade Kyle Pitts for more value. Yeah, who I would have gone just sticking to my board. T. Higgins is my currently my dynasty wide receiver four. Is he on? The, is he? Yeah, there he is, right there. So T. I'll Higgins, take T. There, Higgins yeah. here. People are going to be scared away that Jamar Chase is the alpha there, but I think we're going to see here is just that T. T. Higgins is a dominant wide receiver in his own right, and, and having a someone on his own, you know, Ch, uh, Jamar Chase on his the same team, all that means is more first downs, which means more volume, more red zone attempts more opportunities for receiving yards and also better coverage to uh, more favorable coverage on more plays from Joe Burrow there. So give me T Higgins. Yeah. I really like that as well. I sort of have similar thoughts about T Higgins that, you know, people are going to have to start double teaming Jamar Chase if he keeps us winning those one-on-one battles. So that just leaves so much more space for, for T Higgins to thrive. So I think, yeah, while some people can be scared by Jamar Chase, actually, you know, put a positive spin on that as well. You can think that's actually going to give him more opportunity. And here we go. Run number four, back end. Pick number nine. Who have we got? We've got Chris Godwin, Tua, and Deontay Johnson sitting up at the top of our list, as well as, you know, Matt Jones and, and Cam Akers pretty high. Yeah, so I'm looking at my rankings right here. And, and by tiers here, all of my second, all, like all of my second tier running backs are gone. <clears throat> my if and two is the best QB available. Um, can I actually just see the QBs that are on the board? Yeah, of course. So two and Mac Jones are there, like we talked about. And then you got Ryan Tannehill, Zach Wilson, Carson Wentz, and then sort of the safety blanket ones like Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, and, and Derek Carr are still there. All right. So I'm pretty comfortable not going quarterback here because when you invest early in a early in a quarterback, I'm I'm totally comfortable with them being carrying me. And then either not necessarily streaming, but playing the best of my QB two, three, four options on my squad in that second spot. So no, not going QB here. And then let's take a look at the running backs. 
and get rid of the quarterback. Definitely not going quarterback. So Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, Aaron Jones. Hmm. Ezekiel so, Elliott still there as yeah, well. So Elliott. Yeah, so Elliott's really pretty dark down on my ranking. So I can already tell you we're not going to get Ezekiel Elliott just because. So part of one of the things I want to talk, I was going to think about talking about was that I, I'm a ageist when it comes to running backs. The majority of production from these these running backs come in the first three years of their mm-hmm. career, and that's when the difference between their ADP and their actual production is the highest. So I like to get in early on young running backs, and by the time their value catches up, I like to to cash out maximize value and just keep churning those young running backs in my roster. So I'm not definitely not going Zeke, but then I think we're going going back to the wide receiver. Well here, and we're going to go. All right. Can, and we can get rid of the running backs too. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Ahead. So it's, yeah. So, wide receiver Deont- only. so I'm, I'm basically choosing between Deontay Johnson Devonta Smith and Elijah Moore for me right here. Mm. And looking at my tiers here, I have, those are actually all right back to back in my tiers. And it just comes down to preference at this point. I'm, I guess I'm going to go Deontay Johnson. And I actually didn't ask what the starting lineups. This is, was also another thing I was going to say. I'm just going to assume that they start three wide receivers, start two running backs, in this roster, if that's the case, I love I a big strategy of mine is to pound wide receivers because everyone says, Oh, there's tons of wide receivers. I don't know. People have been in drafts this year. The wide receivers aren't as deep as we think they are. Mm. So I am all about just going back to the well at wide receiver and getting Deontay Johnson here. Yeah, I really like that. I think you know that's a really good point about the wide receivers not being as deep as you think, because I actually think one of the most common ideas people have is to load up on wide receiver so if everybody's loading up on wide receiver then all of a sudden there aren't as many wide receivers available as you think so yeah you gotta love getting deontay johnson here in in the fourth round and to be and say everyone also there's a lot of people that are hungry for wide receivers right now i'm in a startup right now and wide receivers went fast and so what i had to do is i actually had to pivot to running back and where i went more of a running back heavy build which isn't really my style but yeah, you got a little like being able to zig when other people are zagging. You you're gonna get loads of loads of value in there as well, which is great. So I'll I'll stick on all the players again there, as you know, a couple of people we did talk about earlier still there, like Travis Etienne and and some wide receivers like Devonta Smith still still there as well, and Elijah Moore. So we can get. I'm definitely still waiting at quarterback, cool. and not even touching cool. tight end. So it comes down to cute running back and wide receiver. And then we're gonna, this is I'm gonna have a big jump here between my my next mm. tier here and i haven't gone running back yet and travis Etienne is sitting right there and re- but then so it's coming down to travis Etienne, devonta smith and elijah moore for me mm. and for this build man i can't believe it. travis Etienne going the fifth round seems a little early but without rookies that makes sense so i'm mm. man it's gonna be sad not having you know what? Yeah, let's go Travis Etienne here. The and the reason why I want to go Travis Etienne is I think he's got a 200 touch, 200 carry floor with I would say maybe 180 carry floor and then massive receiving. He could get 80, 90 targets this year. And to get him at what we're in the fifth round, my RB one to to lock in here. I'm totally confident in Travis Etienne. 
Yeah, I think Travis Etienne's going to have a fantastic year. You know, all, all being well, and you know, hopefully his injuries fully recovered. Like just you know, at times Trevor Lawrence did look a bit a bit lost out there, sort of last year. And I think having you know Etienne back, who he's so used to playing with, will actually really help him to sort of maybe relax a little bit, take a bit more time, and and have that safety blanket there with with his old college teammate. And see, the reason why I, I mean, I really want to go Elijah Moore there because I, and Devonta Smith, but looking at the running backs who are left in the, let's see what we have for running backs left here because the best running back now is we've got the, we're already in like the Ezekiel, yeah, Michael Carter, CEH range. Yeah. And I'm okay with building my running backs around that way. But when you don't have the rookies involved, it gets really, it gets ugly quick. So I need one, at least one running back to have as an anchor here. So yeah. And none of these running backs scream to me to me at the moment. So we're probably going back to wide receiver. Mike and Evans sitting up at the top there, along with you know some other other big names from from around the NFL. So, and Amon Ra's gone. No, Amon Ra's right. So right here, what I'm looking at are the beginning of my tier five of wide receivers is going to be Brandon Ayuk, Amon Ra, St. Brown, and Marquise and Marquise Brown are kind of how I'm playing it and actually let's just see the quarterbacks right here to see if there's any value at quarterback just to to make sure wilson wentz matt ryan kirk cousins baker mayfield a lot of risk yeah so age. oh you're trying to trick me with this risk com- comments huh? no, i'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh no i think i'm gonna just go i'm gonna go Ra right here let's get Amon Ra. See if Brian locked up into our team, you know, what a fantastic end of the season he had and just looked he looked phenomenal, right? And don't see any reason why why can't just continue that. So that was not ideal. Marquise Brown going off the board here was not I usually don't I feel like he's a val like I usually would see him fall to me there. So I'm kind of disappointed to mm. see Hollywood not there. Oh, looking at this, we've got kind of the all right can we actually see who we what our team looks like too like recap yeah of course looks like here yeah so the team at the minute you got Connor murray kyle pitts t higgins deontay johnson travis Etienne, and, and amon rossi and Brown as well so um it's going to come down to the quarterback for me and the wide receivers and kirk cousins is he must be still on the board right somewhere Kirk Cousins is is there sort of sort of near just past oh, there past the halfway oh, mark and you know people like um like Derek Carr still there as well sort of a similar kind of safety safety quarterback. So it comes down to if I'm going to take Kirk Cousins versus Brandon Ayuk, and I'm just going to go with positional the position here and go. Actually, I'm going to look at my QB tiers real quick. Uh, yeah, Kirk Kirk, Kirk Cousins is. Kirk Cousins is in my eye here. I'm going to go Kirk Cousins here. Lock him in. He's been consistently a low end top 12 QB for the for the last several seasons, or he's finally or a high end QB two. And I really like the what Kevin O'Connell and what Minnesota is doing in their ownership and or not their ownership, but in their front office going to more analytical uh, viewpoint. So I could really see them going to more pass happy offense, and I think that would really benefit Kirk Cousins and this running uh, assets or weapons there. So I think Kirk Cousins has some decent, uh, no, I'm not saying he's going to be finished as a mid 
QB one or anything like that. But if that there's a passing uptick in that offense, I think that just solidifies him as a low end QB one and to pair him with, with Kyler, this wide receiver build here. I like Kirk cousins. Yeah. Kirk cousins, you know, coming in is always, you know, it's always, you know, you can, you can rely on, on Kirk cousins and even just look at the people that he's throwing to in, in Minnesota, it's, you know, just a, a wealth of talent there. So gotta be pleased getting Kirk Cousins as your, your quarterback too. As you know, so many people, you know, coming on the show have have been able to do as well. Kirk Cousins one of the most popular picks on the hot seat. And Brandon Ayuk and Courtney Sutton going off the board really hurts. Uh <laughs> I really would have that was who I was really I thought maybe they might switch here. And then man, does it get ugly fast here? Uh so I'm going to, and let's see the running backs and wide receivers at this point. Cool. So you got Chase Claypool sitting at the top there and some running backs popping in like, you know, James Conner obviously to sign a new contract, but how long-term he's going to be there, we don't know. Yeah, Tony Pollard and, and Daryl Henderson running back, you're right. As you said earlier, running back, it's ugly pretty quickly. Yeah, so, and I'm cool with, so I know for the sake of this exercise, we're not doing rookies here, but I'm really, I, the way I build my squads is I am going to be investing heavily on all running backs in the rookie drafts, because that's where, yeah. Yeah, that's where the majority of the, the fancy points come on early in drafts and those third, fourth round rookie running backs. So they get those that I, I don't mind playing more of a zero RB approach and filling in when, the, when Elijah Mitchell gets his run or, yeah. and it happens every year, like a, certain running backs get their run for two or three games and that's how you can piece together your rb2 spot uh so it comes down to wide receivers for me and i'm most likely going to go if we can just get rid of the running backs at this point yep and look at my wide receivers so you think in an ideal world here you'd be taking someone like a like a zamir white or, or someone here that's you know not quite pushing your top top tier but you can see a path for them becoming Coming a starter. So we're in the eighth round, I think, right? So Zamir White. Now, like, I'm not, I'm not a Zamir White guy, but I definitely probably don't have to take him right here. But I, I have yeah. no problem getting a Brian Robinson in my, my second yeah. round of my rookie drafts. Uh, those type of players, just because th- that's uh, I, I have, or Rashad White probably would be a great pick right here. Like, I'd love me some Rashad White with his wide yeah. uh, receiving upside. Mm. Uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking, but. We have Juju Smith-Schuster is the the top of my my board here. Still a young wide receiver, and he's actually the only player left in this sixth tier for me that's even left. And then it goes down to Chase Claypool, Rondell Moore, are in it, and that and Brandon Cooks are in that the next tier here. So this actually gets to be a pretty easy choice of going Juju Smith-Schuster paired with Patrick Mahomes and a yeah. Tyreek Hill-less offense in KC. Yeah, lots of targets to to go to other people on that offense now, you know. So Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster is still, you're right, you said still young. He seems like he's been around forever, but you know, what, what age is Juju Smith-Schuster? I think he's 25 years old. That's crazy, right? It's just he's been in the league for so long that he seems like he'd be much older. I'm going to do a quick Juju search here. Okay, he's 25 <laughs> years old. He'll be playing wow. at, tw- he'll be turned 26 halfway through the season in late November. Yeah. Uh, so we got Juju locked into our team there. I've still just got wide receivers on here. Any other positions here you wouldn't look at as, you know, Claypool was at the top of that list before, still still hanging around there. So let's look at the running backs here because this is after we, so now we're, I think we have five, four, we have four wide receivers on the 
on the roster here. Yep, yep. So might be a decent time to just see if there are any running backs that stop out or that, that stand out. And whew, man, it is not a pretty sight with Tony Paul, Tony Pollard in the top of the queue yeah. for dynasty nerds, but I'm going to look at my roster or my settings here and cream hunt is cream hunt is not on the board. So then it gets to, is Devin Singletary is off the board as oh, Devin Singletary no. is available. Yeah. Devin Singletary and Tony Pollard are kind of a tops. And then Rashad Penny kind of really lead my, mm-hmm. what I'm thinking here. So I'm going to go Devin Singletary here. The idea is you're going to pair. He really took over that backfield down the stretch yeah. and the, pa- the the pass catch. He's the pass catching role. Yes. I have the threat of a rookie running back coming in. But the upside in that offense, and I have J- Josh Allen takes a lot of rushing touchdowns away here, but I love having a running back attached here. And it comes down to Devin Singletary versus Chase Claypool and Rondale Moore for me. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to go. I think I'm going to well, actually, you know what? The, did we already t- I'm going to play. I, I think that according to the sim, Devin Singletary is still going to be available here. So I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. No, I'm I'm locking in the running back here. Give me Devin Singletary. Let's get let's get Devin Singletary locked up. And you're right, he really did just just take over that role towards towards the end of the season and looked really good. You know, which I did not I didn't see coming. I gotta admit, he looked he looked great towards the end of the year. Oh shoot, and that was our second pick. I was thinking we would have uh, another. See, that's when you you know you start. Oh, I might have another pick here. And it, we're seeing a huge QB two run here, so I'm kind of happy that I got ahead of it with the Kirk Cousins here, and I think my top choice is going to be at the top of the boards with you got a choice between Rashad Penny and then Rondell Moore. I guess is going to be the top of the wide receivers probably. Yeah, yeah. So we got yeah Cordell Patterson is sort of sitting up there as well, and then you got Rondell Moore. Yeah, nailed it. Sitting right at yeah. the very top. Rondale Moore. People want to talk all the time about how bad of a season he had. The, the the Cardinals offense was one of the most the widest target shares in the NFL. They had I I didn't I don't know off the top of my head what it is at the finish of the season, but at one point about two thirds of the season they had the most wide receivers. I think five or total receivers. I think five or six pass catchers over over something like 50 targets, something like that. It was incredible. Like wow. Zach Ertz, Chase Edmonds, yeah, James Conner actually got some, some targets. And then you've got mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green. That was there. Now, they're, I really believe in Rondell Moore. And I really like his price too. Now, people are, don't really like those players that have to be schemed up, but I'm not comparing them at all. But a similar type of player in that he needs to have a little bit of scheme. He doesn't, it's not, he doesn't earn his targets in quite the same way that others do, but Debo people were re- Debo was like way down in ranks here. Uh, yeah. This time now he's, you know, a top two, top three startup pick and top two round or three round startup pick here. So I'm going to go Rondell more here. Really like yeah. having that wide receiver depth because I'm telling you when you, if, if this is a three wide receiver team here to have, to be able to, you know, when injury goes down or to be able to play the matchups, really like having a de- depth at wide receiver. Yeah, I think that's great. And, you know, you're right. I like I like the link to, to Debo as well, where it does show that things are being schemed and they can work. And yeah, how far down he was last year. I think last year I managed to swap Debo for for Kenny Holiday, like right after Holiday's trade. And 
yeah, at the time people were like, oh, why are you taking Debo? Like, blah, 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 blah. And it's amazing how how far we've come since then. So you wow. could get come get your similar your similar value with with Ron Dilmer here. And and you know his he didn't like he didn't have a he disappointed, but he didn't like tank. He had a stretch there. No. He was a hot. He had some serious value. So uh, with a change of scenario here, I really like. And then also too, like, hey, what happens if Rondale really hits? And you pair that with Kyler for this build. That gets exciting mm. too. Yeah, exactly. And people forget, you know, that, that's his that's his first year. Not everyone's going to be Jamar Chase. Not everyone's going to be Justin Jefferson. It takes it does take time. He's tw- he's going to be 22 years old this year. So wow. some of these wide receivers are coming in. He's younger than some of the wide receivers that are coming into this draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is going to be this, I, a hard. Actually, it comes down to Rashad Penny and Hunter Renfo for me. Um, I'm going to go. Hunter Renfro here would just really good push this wide receiver build one more and then just actually, no, I'm not going to go Hunter Renfro. I really like some of the, I'm going, I, uh, this is if sometimes you get too excited collecting the wide receivers, I'm mm-hmm. going to start building up my, my running, my running back to carousel here. I know people are really down on Seattle and that offense. They're like, there's no quarterback at the moment. I mean, unless you want to count Drew Locke and that offense is not exciting, but Rashad Penny, if he can, his luck, his not even luck his way, but if he comes in there with a anywhere from a 65 to 70% target or running back opportunity share, it, that's going to be mid to high end RB2 numbers, even in one of the worst offenses in the NFL. So give me some Rashad Penny. Yeah, Rashad Penny going in. And, you know, if we know one thing about, about Pete Carroll, that he's, he's going to run the ball. So Rashad Penny looks like he, he could be, you know, the main, the main starter there. So he's going to get at least. You know, lots of opportunities to, to, you know, become one of those, you know, maybe not quite running back one, but certainly running back two. So let me see Hunter Renfro go off the board there. Corey yeah. Davis, Tony, Tony was also an option there. Mm-hmm. And man, it's, it hurts a little bit here, but now we're going, we're getting without rookies. It gets, it gets ugly fast. <laughs> yeah. We're only in round 12 as well. So it's only going to get uglier as, as Jordan Love comes off the board just to, Maybe highlight my point. So here we are. I've still got running back and wide receiver uh, selected here. I can throw in some tight ends or some quarterbacks as well if you want. Let's just see what the quarterbacks are just for the sake of it. Cool. So, well, he must have been listening. Drew Locke's name pops up. Tom Brady is actually. Yeah, I guess we'll take Tom Brady here. Uh, That's almost like cheating. Yeah, give me Tom Brady. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's going to look good at the end. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's that's a obviously they're breaking the system here, but yeah, um, I almost feel like it's cheating taking Tom Brady. Um, I'll let you're you're the moderator. If it's cheating hey. to take Tom Brady here, I don't have to take, take him. Hey man, he's there. He's that's there, all right. I can say. Hey, he's there. Give me Tom Brady then. <laughs> yeah, the, and I think the more people draft him, the more the system figures out and it bumps him up. So so you're actually doing future guests a favor by taking Tom Brady here. Oh my God, that is. Yeah, so he should have been going. I would have taken him ahead of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, let's get let's get Uncle Tom Brady locked in, and we're going to swing, swing by, and we're going back to the twelfth round for Tom Brady. Not bad. Um, as Drew Lock comes off the board and Brian Edwards. Oh, Brian, Brian, I have so many Brian Edwards. I have so many Brian Edwards. Tough <laughs> yeah, Oh gosh, I love me some Brian Edwards, but. Yeah. Uh, it gets a tough decision when you have to choose between Drew Locke and Tom Brady. I'm glad we made the right choice. Yeah, I mean, 
yeah, it's it's one of the bigger decisions the hot seat has ever seen. But I think I think the viewers are going to be pleased with with Tom Brady over Drew Locke. Yeah. Uh, this uh, is also. I don't think things have caught up here to the community, but Gabriel Gabriel Davis is a screaming value here. Yeah. Uh, give me Gabriel Davis. I don't. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty self-explanatory why you'd go get Gabriel Davis here. Yeah, Gabriel Davis. You know, looked fantastic sort of towards the end of the year, and you know, with with Beasley leaving time as well, he's only going to look even better as. You know, Gabe Davis, another one of the most the most picked players, players on the show. I think people are expecting you know big things from him. And I think I think he can do it, especially with Josh Allen. Okay. Tommy Here Brown go. going right after Rob Gronkowski. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll flick on tight ends as well for you. Um, just so you can see the full the full board. You got Drake and Hardman and Naheem Hines up there and Zach Ertz and well, Adam Troutman and Logan Thomas, other tight ends that are appearing. So it's really going to come down to Naheem Hines or Zach Ertz. And because I have, I'm not like when you invest a top two pick, I, I don't care who my, I'll stream my, my, my second round pick here, but then Zach Ertz does offer some really nice value. So it comes down to Naheem Hines. And this now was this, I had a long wait here. So I'm going to, I am going to go Naheem Hines. Hope to God, Zach Hurts makes it back. I already know that he's not going to make it back to me, but yeah, I'm going Naheem Hines to keep uh, Matt Ryan targets running backs pretty at a decent clip out of the backfield. And Naheem, yeah. there's already chatter, coach speak, you know, take that for what it's worth. But the Naheem Hines can be more involved here. And those were, there's not a lot of wide receivers in Indy right now. No. So someone's going to catch the ball here. Give it, uh, I'll take Naheem Hines. Yeah, I read that um, today. I think talk about Naheem Hines even like playing quite a lot from the slot and having Taylor running back and Naheem Hines in the slot. Like that'll be very interesting. And you're right. You know who who else are they throwing the ball to? You know it's Michael Pittman and you know some guys off the street. So let's get let's get Naheem Hines put into. And we got a short wait. We're hoping we don't see Zach Ertz. Oh, there sure he goes right there. there. He jinxed us right there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well. I can leave I can leave tight end on as well if you want to have a look at your second tight end. Unfortunately, it won't be won't be Zach Ertz. It's Logan Thomas is there, Evan Ingram, Johnny Smith, and Robert Tunyon as well. They're at, at tight end. So the real hard point there that Russell Gage went off the pick before too as well. With Tom, like he taking over, like the idea is that you got Mike Evans and then Chris Godwin. Who knows what his injury? It's going to be tough for him to be a hundred percent come the beginning of the season. So you could have Russell Gage who earns a, de- a decent target share in Atlanta last year. What, what's to say that Tom Brady can't look to him as a decent outlook out of the slot uh, would have been a solid pick there. But this comes down to basically Van Jefferson, who off the show, I told you that I was no way in hell I was going to take him here, but it's funny how that becomes a real option. You try <laughs> to look at who your other options are, but it comes down to honestly Evan Ingram and Marcus Callaway are actually another option. So Marcus Callaway is only 24 years old, mm-hmm. not, you know, Michael Thomas is there, but Jameis Winston can't like they, I know they went to more game manager type role with him, but there, you know, things are not looking great in New Orleans right now. Mm-hmm. I don't mind Marcus Callaway could very easily be the third option in the passing game in, in New Orleans where I'm looking at, you know, Logan Thomas is injured. Then, but then Mitchell Trubisky is a screaming value right here too, as well. Uh, yeah, give me Mitchell Trubisky here. Yeah. Uh, just for the – there's no way he's going at this point in drafts, but might as well take advantage of what we can get. Yeah, I think Mitchell Trubisky here, great value in, you know, the, f- the 15th round. And, you know, I think he has 
deserved a second chance in the NFL. You know, people, you know, almost forget he did take that Bears team to to the playoffs, which which is no easy feat. So I think he'll look pretty good next year. The his rushing ability paired with the weapons he has, and there's no honestly, there's very good chance that Pitt takes a quarterback here. So who knows if he's guaranteed a starting job? Okay. <sighs> here we are. Pick 16 of 18. He got Taysom Hill, Dearness Johnson, Mary Rogers. Some in, yeah, some this is like I said at the start of the show, this is this is my favorite part. The last three picks really, you know, lets the people listen and know, you know, where where is the value in, in these kind of players towards the end? And it's just it's almost like you're just thinking about upside here, I imagine. See, and now that when you talk about upside here, this name doesn't scream upside, but they really like him in Baltimore and they have people want to talk about, oh, this is J.K. Dobbins backfield, blah, blah, blah. But the last time we saw both these players play, it was a 50-50 split. They're both coming off any injuries. And I know one is younger than the other with more presumed talent here, but they really, really like Gus Edwards. And he has mm-hmm. a, they gave him, you know, I think he's in the last year of his contract here, but they, they paid him. Not, I'm not like huge, but for an unrestricted free agent or for a, UDFA type player, Gus Edwards has gotten a lot of love in Baltimore here. So I think to keep pounding that, to give me options at running back here, I'm probably going to go Gus Edwards and then probably follow up with either James White or Gerald Everett, probably with my next two picks. And then Keyshawn Vaughn always enters into play too as well. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, let, let's get let's get Gus Edwards locked in then and, and hope that you know, we've only got a short wait um, to our next pick. So let's hope that we get our guy or maybe both of them might be available as Tyler Higby and Cole Beasley come off the board. I think we might have James White and Gerald Everett still available. Yeah, James White and Gerald Everett right next to each other. And then it doesn't matter, though, because I'm going to take Albert Okueyabuna. <laughs> and people need to realize, too, like, you're sharing your screen with me. I can't, like, scroll up. And, you know, for the sake of the listeners, I'm not going to sit here and move up and have him keep scrolling down to the bottom of these, qu- these quays to see who is available here. But uh, to see Albert O available, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll slam. I think that's my second tight end too. That's a, <laughs> give me Albert O. Yeah, I think, yeah, Albert O would be your your second tight end. So let's let's get him locked in. You know what what great value in seventy? You imagine he'll sort of start creeping up as well as he's, as the episodes keep going. He's gonna be a top ten tight end in Dynasty before by the time the regular season starts. Yeah, I think so as well. And you know he's looked really good in that sort of. You know, I don't want to say backup role to fan because he was kind of like a semi, semi backup, but he's looked good when he's played as well. That's what I'm trying to say. And here we are. It's the final pick. We've got Tylen Wallace. You got Tariq Cohen, Brevin Jordan. You've got Antonio Brown. Wow, what a way that would be to, <laughs> to close out the draft. Uh, not loving any of these picks. Can you actually scroll down a little bit for me? Just yeah, of course. See what we got. Uh, David Njoku's there. Mm. Um, so I'm going to actually go KJ Osborne, getting the third wide receiver out there in in Minnesota to pair with Kirk Cousins. And you know, uh, Adam Thielen has not been a picture of health with soft tissue injuries here the last couple seasons, and he's getting up there in age. And they're pr- they might they're probably most likely going to add wide receiver at some point in the draft. But I still like the idea of KJ Osborne considering the the options here now yeah i would also consider another running back like this is a you know a rookie, these lower rookie running backs are like the kevin harris is the world the you know all these these low damian pierces all these third yeah. and fourth round running rookie running backs would be scooping them up here but 
just for the sake of things, we'll, we'll wrap up some KJ Osborne. Let's get KJ Osborne locked in as our, as our final pick. And the last three picks of the draft, we got Emmanuel Sanders, Tylen Wallace, and who's our final pick? And Tariq Cohen rounded off the draft. So, so let's have a little look. We'll sort by position and let's see how we did. You've got four QBs. You got Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, and Mitchell Trubisky. Very, very strong quarterback room there. We've got a running back, Travis Etienne, Devin Singletary, Rashad Penny, Naheem Hines, and Gus the Bus Edwards. And then you got a really super strong wide receiver core. T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, Amon Rossi and Prown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Rondale Moore, Gabriel Davis, and KJ Osborne. And then your two tight ends, Cal Pitts and Albert O. Got to be pleased with, with how you've done there. So, and this is, this is only one. Remember, people, the draft is one. And I'm sure that you get this all the time here. Don't draft your starting lineup. In the draft, you got to play for value. There's a long time before we start scoring actual fancy points. This running back room is going to be severely increased by with my with draft picks and trades and things of the like. So the weak point for me is the running back. And maybe I would like to have one. Like I love T. Higgins, but I don't love him as my wide receiver one. I love him as my wide receiver two on a team. But uh, that that's something I'd probably look be doing. I'd probably trade. Uh, Kyle Pitts for a wide receiver plus or a running back plus here, and to really round out this this squad for me. Yeah, but it's still you know still looking really 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 strong overall. I'd say so, Dave. How are you feeling now that the draft is over? Is your seat feeling a bit cooler? Or are you? I, I have melted into uh, my my <laughs> pants have officially melted into my seat. I, I'm going to need the fire extinguisher. It is. I'm sweating. I need to rehydrate the hot seat. I was feeling it. You know, this is my first time using the dynasty nerds tool. I didn't quite know what the values were off the screen, what we couldn't see here. So it was a fun exercise here and it is, it was definitely eye-opening before we hit record and here, no rookies, because I guarantee you half of my picks would have been rookies probably more than, or at least 40% of my team would have been rookies. If we were, we're, it was a real startup. Nice. Well, we'll maybe get you on, on next season. Let's see if we can get some of this year's rookies onto your team, onto your team. <laughs> Uh, but Dave, just uh, want to say thank you, thank you so much again for for coming on to the hot seat, being an absolutely brilliant guest. And you know, sitting right behind me here, we have our Hall of Flame. So if you want Dave to enter the Hall of Flame, all you got to do, if you're watching this on YouTube, just gives us a thumbs up. The more thumbs up Dave gets, the higher up the Hall of Flame he's going to climb. So let's see if we can push him into the top three and maybe even become, you know, hit those spaceman heights up at the very top. So. Ooh. Take this to outer space here. Let's do it. So, guys, just want to say thank you once again for, for listening. And even though the hot seat is cooling down, I just want you and your teams to remember to always stay lit. See you next time. Bye.